Hello and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com with me, your host, Martin. I'm going to do a really special podcast today, okay, guys? So strap yourselves in, buckle up. This is going to be a long one, um, but it's going to be so worth it because today I'm going to be talking about the key things I've learned over the last 17 years of trading on Betfair. Wow, I cannot, you know, when I say that, I cannot actually believe how long it's been. And hey, guys, I've learned a lot. I've learned so much. Um, You know, I never thought that 17 years ago, I'd be here doing what I'm doing today for a living. You know, I never thought that Betfair would be my livelihood. Um, I never really thought of it as a long-term thing. It was very much something I just enjoyed being involved with, trading, gambling, um, you know, investing money. It was it was kind of a passion for me. There was, there was nothing better than that thrill of winning a trade or a bet. You know, I suppose in the early days, most of what I did was just outright betting. Um, but, but there was something great about trying to beat the market and that excitement for me, fortunately, has never really died. Um, I always will enjoy beating the market and I, I still very much do. Um, so I'm going to talk about what the key, key things are um, that have really helped me in my journey. And, and I really hope this stuff resonates with you guys because I say this every podcast. Um, but this is probably the one where it matters most. I really want you to take the things I say on board and apply them to yourself, apply them to your situation and your life and wonder, is there something I can do to improve here? Is there something that I can learn from this? I mean, hell, some of the hard lessons I've learned along the way, I'd rather you just learn them from me than have to go through them yourself. Um, So, I'm going to go through these. They're not in a particular order. Um, It's very much been a case of me just writing down a few things that I've really learned over the years. Um, And so it's going to be really important for me uh, to be able to get this stuff out to you guys. And like I say, because there's no order, you know, the structure isn't necessarily uh, obvious. But the first thing I say is that value is king. Okay, the first lesson, probably the most important lesson I've learned on trading on Betfair is value is king. Now, when you when you first start out, and I think most people will have experienced this, when you first start out betting or trading, you kind of you kind of have this idea of you want to have value, you want to have an edge on the market, but really you just end up betting things you think will happen. And often, you know, especially when you're starting out, you do a little bit of research maybe, but you're not you're not making thorough research. You're not you haven't really got a scientific mathematical reason for what you're doing. Um, you know, you just go, Well, I think Man United are gonna win today. What's the odds? One point five? Hell, I'm in. Right? But you haven't really thought too much about value. You haven't thought, well, is that 1.5 the wrong price? Um, and one of the things I learned in, on Betfair with trading, betting, whatever you do, all that really matters is value, right? Because events will happen, 
variance will happen, chance will happen, luck will happen. And the only way to counteract all those things is to have value on your side. So I'll give you a really clear example of what I mean and why I think it's just so important. Let's think about it in terms of over, let's just say that there's a match on, right? A tennis match. Um, you know, let's go back to the old days and say Andy Murray playing Roger Federer. Okay, let's say it's a Grand Slam final. Now, I've done my research and I think Murray has about 50% chance to win and I think Federer has about 50% chance to win. Okay, I'm pretty split on who might win and I don't have a thorough leaning either way. However, Roger Federer is priced at 1.5. Murray is priced at 3.0. The market is suggesting that Federer wins 66% of the time. Now, my research, my knowledge, my understanding and my thoughts are that should be closer to 50%. So it certainly shouldn't be anywhere near 66%. So the edge there is saying I should lay Federer, the odds are too short, or back Murray, of course, essentially the same thing, at 3.0, where I'm getting two to one odds on something that I think is a 50-50 chance. It should be evens odds or 2.0 in decimal. Now, it's funny because when you talk to people about this, sometimes they say, well, yeah, but I don't know if he'll win. I think it's about 50-50. The maths will always tell you, if you think something is 50-50 and you're getting two to one, take those odds, right? You're not going to win it every time. If you're correct, you will only win it 50% of the time. But 50% of two to one is a lot of profit in the long run because you're winning two out of three bets. Let's say you put a pound on each bet. Every three bets, you're one pound up, right? It's as simple as that. And you keep racking that up. You use bigger stakes. That's how you make money trading on Betfair. And the reality is when it's a coin flip, either player could win. You're investing your money in a value position, knowing full well, there's actually 50% chance it loses. Now, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people can't get their head around that. you know. And that's one of the reasons why so many people will back a football team at really short odds. Oh, Man City are definitely going to win today. Um, who cares about the price? Oh, it's only 1.2%. Uh, on Betfair, well, that's great. I'm just going to lump one anyway. They're definitely going to win. The problem is you're not really getting value in that spot. You need them to win a massive amount of times, I think. I think even five out of six, maybe you're making a small profit. Um, but even then, uh, I think you're just about getting your money back a lot of the time. So the reality is when you're doing these things, you're probably going to cost yourself a lot of money when you're backing something at really short odds just because you think it's going to win. That's not how trading works. That's not how you're going to make a living trading. That's not how you're going to make good money trading. The only way to make money trading, the only way is to find value in markets, get odds that are above what you think they should be and be correct about that. And value is king. And it's amazing. I've had arguments with people over the years who just don't believe me, who just don't understand this concept. 
And it, the reality is it's not debatable. You know, it's not a political <laughs> opinion. It's hard science and mathematics. And that's what a lot of trading is. You know, if you can have that statistical edge over the market, you will make money over time. It's why there are such things as professional traders. It's why there are such things as professional poker players. You know, it's why investors who are good tend to make money over time consistently, right? Value is king. The second thing I've learned, testing is a godsend. So when I first started trading on Betfair, and I wonder how you started trading on Betfair, if you had a similar experience, I never dreamt of testing something before putting money on it. I had an opinion. I'd done some research. Therefore, put some money on it, right? The fact we can test, the fact we can test things without risking money and watch whether strategies are any good or not is the absolute godsend of Betfair trading because we save money if our strategy is not a good one. And if it is a good one, well, we can make more money because we have confidence in it. So we're not going to run scared the moment it has a little bit of a downturn, which every strategy will, by the way. There's no strategy in the world that doesn't have downturns. There's no, again, you know, something that it, it really does irk me when you see people on, you know, whatever, social media, Twitter, tw- YouTube sometimes, whatever, claiming that no, they've got this system that never, ever loses. It's total, total rubbish, right? All systems go through bad patches, even the really good ones. So the moment anyone starts telling you they've got that, it never loses. Sometimes people say that to me now. I just That's when my brain switches off and I just sort of go, yeah, right. Because, you know, I've had so many arguments. And with these people, you just can't argue with them. But the reality is that all, all strategies lose. And it's absolutely fantastic that we can test. So that when we do find a really good strategy that does win most of the time and does make money over time, we can have confidence and therefore we would be able to put proper stakes on it and not feel like we were doing the wrong thing. So testing can save traders a lot of money and it's probably saved traders. I mean, probably on our site alone, if you think the volume of traders we have, it's probably saved millions of pounds testing. And then the people who have developed their strategies and gone on to publish them or just trade them themselves, they've made you know, the equivalent amount of money. We know for a fact that traders on our site from their trading have made ridiculous amounts of money. Um, We actually put a survey out about it a while ago, and we were actually quite staggered with the results because obviously we know quite a few traders do really well, and they're on the forum, they're posting regularly. But but you, you remember, you've got to forget, sometimes I forget that there's so many people behind the scenes who aren't, who don't even go on the forum who have developed filters, who use our software on betfairtradingcommunity.com and they make a lot of money. And that's kind of good to know, you know, because the guys who, the, the silent guys, you, you kind of think, well, how are they getting on? And that was actually quite nice to know that they're still doing great as well. So, yeah, so it's 
Testing is an absolute godsend. My third, my third thing I've learned is markets can be very predictable. Now, I'm amazed that over the last 17 years, Betfair trading markets haven't really changed, right? It's still the same old thing. It's still the same, you know, the odds move in the same way. Um, lay the draw in test cricket is always super popular to, for backers for some reason, even though we know it will make you money over time just laying the draw. The market's never caught up with that. Um, the market's slow to react to things that, you know, are quite clear and obvious sometimes like that. They don't like to react. Because the way Betfair markets work is that, and this kind of comes on to my next point, they don't really work on raw, hard data, which actually I think would make them more sufficient and efficient. But actually, what Betfair trading markets use, essentially, because it's just people trading and sometimes bookies laying off and things and people seeding the markets, is people's perceptions. See, these trading markets, a lot of the time, they're, they're mainly built up from people's perceptions, from overreactions, from fear. The reason people want to back the draw in cricket is because they're so scared of rain in a five-day test. They're so scared. And they think, oh, it's raining. There's no chance a test match could finish now. Blimey, how many times have we seen the price get down ridiculously low to 1.1 or below and then shoot way back out as soon as the covers come off? Um, you know, I, I joke that uh, sometimes our cricket trading thread is a weather trading thread. <laughs> you know, I've certainly made a lot of money following the advice, uh, especially from Richard Footer. If, if you ever get a chance to chat to him on there, do. Great, great cricket trader. But there's there's quite a few others now. Um, so, yeah, really like that market. But like I say, odds makers surprisingly use people's perception quite highly. And money and people drive the markets. It's as simple as that. You know, sometimes in horse races, horses shoot in all this money on them. They run like they've got three legs. There's a lot of time you look at it and you think there's no true rhyme or reason to it. It's just the fact that money has gone in and bookies get scared. Everyone's so scared almost in when they're creating markets that someone else has got the better information. I remember once, we actually tested this once on a next manager market on the Newcastle one. I can't remember who the manager was. It was someone, I think it was Colicini and we, and we there's sort of been this rumour going around that Colicini might be the next Newcastle manager. And he has huge odds. So everyone on the forum went, right, let's just put a few quid on. And we did. And the price crashed so quickly because of the fear. Because people thought we had inside info. We didn't. Right? But the market went in loads. And then we all greened up. You know, because the reality was we knew it was still bit of a stab in the dark. I mean, it seemed like a value price. I think it was around 33 to 1. But the thing was, I think it got down to well below 10 and, and we were able to actually make a really nice profit on that market. That is just purely people's perceptions. 
it's not the reality of the situation. But you often hear bookies say, oh, well, someone put a 20K bet on, so we had to slash the price. Who? Could have been anyone. It could have been a footballer. <laughs> it could have been a footballer just having a bit of fun because he makes 100 grand a week and it doesn't really matter to him. You know, probably equivalent to what, like, you know, 100 quid is to us. So it's quite funny, I think, that people's perceptions still drive markets massively. And that's where we get our edge because... The reality is, I think, if if they didn't do it that way, we'd struggle. But luckily, because we, we're clever enough to see the overreactions and things like that, we can make money. So what I love about Betfair trading is that after 17 years, it's still a thrill. I still get up every day. And the first thing I do, and I can't wait to do, is research my trades that day you know it always feels fresh it always feels new there's something I don't know there's something so fulfilling for me about being able to do that um you know like I say it's just such an exciting thing to do every day you know and like I said I've been doing it for 17 years I remember probably my favorite place I used to go and research was back when I lived in my granddad's old house used to go in here, used to have this little box office. I used to go in there and set up my laptop, have my notes, you know, my paper notes next to me, go and research all the football and tennis that was on that day. And that was brilliant, you know, and, and, and still to this day, I love doing that. I love getting up and going, right, what's it? It's like looking at a menu in a restaurant for me, you know, you go, oh, right, what's on the menu today? Where's the money to be made today? Um, I love it. It, it's, it's, it just excites me a lot. Trading never gets dull for me. You know, I feel like I don't. I don't often go. Oh, I'm dead bored of trading. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I love sport, which helps. I love live sport. But yeah, trading doesn't get dull for me. And I think, I think the love of what you do is so important. You know, I've met so many people over the last few years who've said to me, Martin, I can't stand my job. I wish I was doing anything else. I hate it, but it pays the bills and I have to do it. I always find that hard. I always find that hard to hear because, you know, partly because I feel guilt, because I know that my lifestyle, a lot of people would like it and envy it um but at the same time there's you know you've got to remember there's positives and negatives to everything and i have to make sure i have to make damn sure i work hard on a social life because i don't have work colleagues as such you know i've got friends on the community but i don't have work colleagues you know face to face um so you know there are there are negatives but of course for me the positives far outweigh those and and I think most people would, would, would prefer to be in this position who aren't. But, you know, and, and the value of being able to spend time with your family, being able to spend time with your loved ones, to be flexible. You know, no one tells me when I work and how to work. I'm my boss, right? I'm my own boss completely. And there's something, there's something you know, there is something freeing about that. And I'm careful. I try and be really careful. I don't. I don't try and boast. I don't try and brag. 
I can't stand people who do that. You know, you see them on, on social media and a, a, I always think people like that aren't actually doing as well as they make out because I just think when you're doing well, you don't tend to boast massively about it. There's no real need. Because uh, I think things like that come from insecurity, don't they? I think that's quite well known. Um, but also, you know, have some respect for the people that aren't as fortunate. Because I think, you know, I'll give you an example of this, actually. And, I, and this is definitely something I've learned, is that when I first bought a house, when I was, it was only about eight years ago, um, I was in Salford, place called Lower Broughton, if anyone knows it. Um, lovely little semi, three-bed semi, cost me 70K. I think I put down a 15K deposit because my wife had some money left to her in a will. So, you know, nothing from me. Um, but to be fair, I did, I did pay the mortgage and things once I got a job. Uh, but I was so excited to have this house, right? I was so excited that I used to just get people over. And when people came over, I couldn't wait to give them the tour. And then I realized most of the people I was showing around because I was still in my early 20s, they were in a similar situation to me. Most of them didn't have a house. So I got to realize actually, was what I was doing a nice thing? Or was it was it a kind of ego? What, what, do you know what I mean? Like, was it an ego thing? Was it, was it a trying to... I didn't feel like that was the place I was coming from, but I could see that if I didn't have a house and someone was banging on to me about how great their house was, I wouldn't like it. You know, I'd feel like a bit like crap. Do you know what I mean? So, and that's a similar thing here. You know, I'm very careful. It's funny because I play a lot of tennis up here in the Northwest, um, in the tennis leagues and things, and absolutely love it. And, you know, whenever you're hanging out, I don't know what it's like for women, but whenever you're hanging out with guys, pretty much the first thing a new person will ask is, so what do you do? You know, um, and then I get into it. and uh, But I'm always careful not to kind of try and say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a very comfortable lifestyle. I really enjoy it. I get to pick my own hours, spend time with my kids, you know, Um so I think that's something I've learned from Betfair trading. You know, and trading never gets dull for me. It really doesn't. Okay, the next thing I've learned in 17 years of trading on Betfair is live sport is the best entertainment. See, the thing is, nothing beats live sport. And do you know why? Because it's live because you do not know what's going to happen, because nobody knows what's going to happen. You watch EastEnders. Someone wrote that script. They recorded it. People know what's going to happen before you even watch it. It's all predetermined. You go to the theatre. Unless someone forgets their lines, it's a similar situation. You play computer games. Again, it's all been pre-programmed. It's all been pre-packaged for you. But there's something about that that kind of, just that live action 
that you can't beat. You know, you just cannot beat it. Um, and in 17 years, I can say I, I love sport as much as I ever did. It's funny because the sports I like evolve over time. Like American football is my favorite sport to watch. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, obviously, football is massive for me and always has been. But then I used to watch a lot more tennis back in the day, but I don't watch as much now. Same with cricket. Um, I started watching more baseball recently because I went to watch the baseball game in London a couple of years ago. Um, and so that kind of got me into that. And I quite enjoy catching up with the night's games every morning while I'm doing my morning research. So it's really interesting, isn't it, that live sport can be the best entertainment there is. And there's so... The thing with Betfair Trading is... I hate this saying that I'm about to come out with, actually, but there's so many ways to skin a cat, right? There's so many ways to profit on Betfair. There's so many different strategies, markets, sports... And I've seen it all. I've seen people making money on darts. I've seen people making money on snooker. I've seen people coming up with elaborate strategies in in football, tennis, cricket, horse racing. It's amazing how many ways there are to beat the market, to find an edge. And some people try and tell you they you can't. It's hilarious because you see these people doing it day in, day out. And then someone will say, oh, well, you know, it's all luck. And you think, well, that's not, is it? quite clearly i mean even if you have a basic understanding of mathematics if you're pushing a value edge over thousands of bets over time you'll make money it it really is that simple you'd have to be the literal unluckiest person in history and the odds against you not making money uh you know close to infinity after all those amounts of bets um but yeah there's so many ways to skin the betfair cat I hate that saying, though. I mean, who's actually skinning cats? You know, who's regular? I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever met anyone. I hope not. I've never met anyone who's skinned a cat. Um, and, you know, are there, are there that many ways to do it? I'd imagine they're all fairly similar, <laughs> you know. But there you go. I mean, I imagine you just have to cut the skin off, right? I don't know where that saying came from. Maybe I'll look it up. Maybe I should have looked it up before this video, uh, this podcast, sorry. It would have been more interesting. Um, but yeah, there's so many ways to skin the Betfair cat. So, you know, if something doesn't work for you, don't just give up. Look, try to look for other angles. I always love the one where someone comes up to me, God, my strategy is the worst strategy in the world. So I say to them, give me that strategy then. Cause I'll tell you what, instead of backing whatever you were backing, I'm going to lay it. Because if that is as bad as you're saying, I'm going to make money. And there's nothing wrong with doing it. If you, hell, if you've got a terrible strategy, just do the opposite and make some money. <laughs> you know, instead of backing lay. Because mathematically, as long as you're beating the rake, which is the commission that Betfair charged, the 2%, I mean, if you have got a terrible strategy, you'll beat that easily. You're on to a winner by doing the reverse of what you're originally doing. It makes me laugh that when people complain. I say, don't complain about it. That's a gift. You've been given a gift there. Get involved and do the opposite. One more thing, another thing I've learned. 
Betfair is here to stay, right? It's funny because 17 years ago, I knew that Betfair had a monopoly on the trading market, even then. But I never really realized how big it would get. And then seeing all these other trading companies like Smarkets and BetDAC come along, you think, all right, maybe they've got a chance. Sometimes they they do well for a little while, but but it's always back to Betfair. Um, And now they've kind of changed their commission structure, you know, other than the premium charge, which obviously most people don't get to. And, you know, the clever people find ways around it. Um, Really, there's no other alternative, you know, viable alternative. Betfair is here to stay. And that's good news, right? Because when we set up betfairtradingcommunity.com, you know, we wanted to tutor traders. We wanted to create software that was going to help you guys all trade. We were kind of taking a bit of a punt in some respects and going, well, let's hope it's around for a while. And it's just gone from strength to strength. And it's not going anywhere and it never will. You know, it's going to become like when you see William Hill and, and people like that who've been around for donkey's years. That's essentially what Betfair is. That's what eBay is. That's what Amazon. These these, these companies aren't going anywhere. Um, and actually, that's quite reassuring because, you know, it means hopefully I've got a career till I retire. Hell, I love this so much. I don't really want to retire, right? And, and this is the sort of job where you don't really need to retire until you literally cannot use your brain much anymore or your fingers to, you know, place that. Although by then, surely we'll have really clever ways of placing, clicking and placing bets and things. But Betfair's here to stay. One other lesson I've learned, there's great value in freedom. It's funny because everyone who complains about their job, the way they describe it, it almost sounds like slavery, right? And it's funny because we don't we don't really think of, of slavery correctly anymore. We kind of think of it as just what used to happen in the old days. And we talk about real extreme, horrible, harsh slavery. So the kind of stuff that goes on now that's that's almost like borderline. It's not it's probably not really slavery, but some of the stuff people have to go through at work, the way they're treated, you know, the way that when you're ill and things like that. And I've seen a lot of this stuff firsthand. I used to work with uh, very closely with the job centre and places like that. Um, you know, some of the things that go on, beggar belief. Uh, you know, I remember one guy, he had these, he had these really messed up arms, right? Um, and they, they actually suggested and put him on, a, uh, on a, one of these kind of courses well, not a course, but a sort of work placement for gardening. You can't make it up, you know. Um, but, yeah, the, the thing is, obviously this stuff isn't really slavery. And it, it, you know, it's, it pales in comparison to what previous generations went through. I even think about people like the miners, you know, here in, here in Wigan where I live, you know, going down in those pits all day to make next to nothing you know, breathing in all those toxic fumes and things. I mean, crikey, what a way to live. But the freedom, 
like I say, I've been able to choose my own hours, spend time with my family. You got a party? I want to go? I go. Hey, you want to watch some sport? Yeah, I do. Shall I book time off work? Well, I don't need to. I used to book off Wimbledon when I had a job. I used to book off two weeks. I used to book off World Cups. That was how I chose my holidays. You know, I didn't really have any money, so I wasn't going abroad or anything. I didn't really have any interest in going abroad. My interest was watching sport. You know, I lived and breathed it. And uh, there's great, great value in that freedom. And that's just, I, I cannot stress that enough, you know. And hell, there may be a time I have to go back and work a, a regular job. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be difficult. I'm not going to enjoy it because I love having freedom. So the final thing I've learned from Betfair Trading, and I love this thing, is that the best is yet to come. If there's one thing I've learned over the last 17 years, particularly the last six years I've been involved with Betfair Trading Community, it's this. It just keeps getting better, right? The members... The Betfair training community just get better, better people, better knowledge, better research, better strategies, better data analysis. We're making better software all the time, updating it, horse racing software, football software, tennis software. Who knows what's next? The greatest thing about Betfair trading for me is it still feels like it's just beginning. 17 years down the line and we're here still creating you know software that's doing in my opinion basically magical things for my personal trading i mean obviously i know from the feedback we get that it's doing so many great things for you guys as well which is great because that's that's what what it was created for but i benefit from it as i benefit from it as well and it's amazing because I get so excited every time something's updated or a new piece of software is released. Um, and it's funny because obviously Betfair Trading Community started as the social network of traders, you know, serious traders who really wanted to make some money from trading. And then obviously the software side has kind of taken over and it's incorporated itself into, into the business structure that so much so that you know, we'd probably call ourselves a software company before we called ourselves, you know, the social network of trading now because we've integrated it all together so nicely and seamlessly um, that I think whilst we've still got that massive focus on the community, the software's taken over. I mean, I did a, and this isn't just me sound, I mean, it might sound arrogant, but it's not me being arrogant. I did a, I did a survey on YouTube, right? I like YouTube for surveys because I can, I can survey members and it's great to get feedback, but I know most of them are just going to come back and say, love the site, love what you're doing. They're members. Of course they are. Of course they do. Right. That's great. I'm really, I'm really pleased that it's working for you guys. What I like about YouTube is that most of the people who respond, they might not even know what Betfair Trading Community is, and they might not, well, most of them probably aren't members, right? But, so it's interesting, I did a survey, and I said, what's your favorite thing about Betfair Trading Community? 
And the overwhelming thing was the software, the football statistics software, the tennis statistics software, soon to be the horse racing statistics software, were the really big winners there. So the best is yet to come, guys. I'm going to leave it there. I hope you have an absolutely brilliant week. Um, I've really enjoyed doing this particular podcast. If you like it, send us an email, info at betfairtradingcommunity.com. Remember to direct it at me so that it gets to me. Just say, hi, Martin, or something. So, you know, Julie, our admin assistant, can tag me in it so I can reply to you guys personally. Um, But, yeah, thanks for all the kind feedback. Uh, I say it every time, but, you know, you guys send me so many great emails, and I really do appreciate it because it's what keeps me going. Anyway, take care, guys. Have a great week, and we'll speak again soon.